With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. All right, welcome back to the show. I want to thank Wiseco Performance Products, carrying a full line of forged pistons, precision forged clutch baskets, clutch hubs, crankshafts, forged connecting rods, valves, and more for just about any motorcycle, ATV, snowmobile, personal watercraft, outboard marine, and automobile on the planet. For one name, one solution, visit Wiseco.com. I had a good conversation with Bryce Prince, who is uh, who finished fourth overall in the Moto America Supersport class. Now we go to Colby Carlisle, who is in his most recent race on October 6th, uh, 6th, the AFT Singles Main Event at the Meadowlands Mile, presented by Ducati. The 21-year-old Carlisle finished in second place. He joins us now. What's up, Colby? I'm doing great. How are you guys doing tonight? Man, we're doing fantastic so far. So don't screw it up. Smashingly. I'll try not to. A lot of pressure. <clears throat> we we caught you on your skateboard ride. Yeah, I know. I, I lost track of time, and tacos were on the mind, so I uh, longboarded to the corner, and then I got the phone call, and I'm like, oh, man, got to turn around. Well, you can we can uh, you can do the show from a, from a skateboard if you want. I don't know if it's ever been done. I've come real close. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, as long as you get tacos for Tony and I and PJ. Oh, uh, man, we yeah, had some tacos at Sakari. Yeah, yeah, we did. Yeah, we good. can ship them. It'll be there. No. <laughs> we, we've we got some pretty well-made local uh, resources mm-hmm. on the taco front. Yes. Colby, uh, great ride there at the end of the season at Meadowlands. How was Canterbury Park? I'm very curious. That was the first time at that venue, correct, for uh, AFT and the, and the whole series? <clears throat> yeah, it was the first time there, I believe, as far as I know. And uh, it was pretty good. You know, the track... Um, the, in early in the day, Chris Carr told us there was like two spots in the track where the dirt was orange, which was weird because the rest was brown. And he said, we don't know exactly what's going to happen there. And he was right. You know, those two spots turned into a very slippery coming off a of four. It was super slippery and coming off a of two. It was uh, like a big rut hole going through there. So that definitely made some obstacles. But I kind of enjoyed that because it made it a very technical track to where like uh, throttle control was way more important than most racetracks. And how was the crowd there? I mean, I've been to that venue a number of times, having formerly lived in Minneapolis, working at a Yamaha dealer, went to the snow cross there a couple years in a row on that very same uh, horse racing surface. Oh, that's the surface. same place, yeah, yeah. It's the exact same venue, and it's it's a wonderful venue. I can imagine it was, you know, a good place to watch from. Uh, but how was the crowd? Yeah, definitely an excellent venue, and it kind of stunk because it was only about 42 degrees out when it came time for main event. So I think that may have hurt just a little bit, but uh, the crowd was definitely large for a first time event. You know, the stands looked pretty full from what I can remember. And uh, it was fun. You know, I think everyone had a lot of fun and these mile races, they're always so close. The fans, obviously the first timers, they enjoy it because they don't really know what to expect. And then when they see the drafting, it just, they love it and see the speed and by the way 42 degrees in, in minnesota this time of year actually a heat wave there were probably still locals <laughs> wearing shorts so oh, that's for no, sure big, they were. no no for d- sure. no big deal no don't bring your mittens or hat no. it's still pretty nice out probably cold on that motorcycle though um you know the two the, the fans and 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 bless the x games for having flat track involved in 
uh, in their their you know their uh, show or whatever. But <clears throat> it's um, you know we saw motocross grow leaps and bounds when the X Games came out. I remember. I mean, it was just it was a big deal. And and flat track is you know popular right now. And and uh, so you get these these people, these locals that went and saw the X Games, and they they watch flat track, and they're like, okay, that's kind of cool. And then they go watch this mile. Now they're fans. And if they if their fan experience is anything like mine, they're going to go to every time it comes to town, and you know, and I think that's great. And and, and uh, we just had uh, Bryce Prince on talking about the uh, AF, uh, excuse me, uh, Moto America and the series that that you know that is road racing in the United States, and and how you know we're we're bragging on Moto America and Wayne Rainey and everybody part of the Crave Group that they're they're doing such a good job, but they have such a long ways to go. Um, flat track is really popular though. I mean, it seems like they're doing very, very well. I see a lot younger people in the stands than the, than they used to be. Um, what are your thoughts though, as far as a racer goes? I mean, do you think that there's, they're doing enough promotion? Do you think that the, uh, the athletes are being used in promotion enough and, and that sort of thing? Yeah, I think, um, cause AFT, they have a, side company called AFTE, which is American Flat Track Events, so they're now self-promoting their events, and they do such an amazing job. Cameron Gray, he's uh, he's high up in the company. He does such an amazing job with promotion and just making sure everything's perfect. I know he's got employees that are out at the racetracks months ahead of time, already promoting at local dealerships and everything, and every AFTE event, I think there was 9 or 12 this year that we went to, basically was sold out. One that comes to my mind in my head is um, upstate New York, you know, where I'm from. They uh, completely sold out. They had to turn people away at the box office that day, which is the first time that's happened in a flat track event. They even had to kick out the mechanics off their grandstands because they had to put the spectators in it. And every promoter in the country said, why wasn't I involved? I wish (laughs) I was. That's exactly what I was always trying to pull off. Yeah, Chris Carr was talking about that on the show. He, He said we actually had to boot you know credential holders so we could have sell more tickets and we're like oh that's probably never happened yeah no it was cool and even like to the aspect where you said using the riders for promotion you know um this weekend i had a talk with michael Locke about doing some stuff this off season with myself you know trying to just help build stories around us because then the fans can feel more involved and that in turn brings more fans to the races which is what we need and I think American Flat Track, you know, if you look at the numbers over the past years, it is growing at such a substantial rate that if we can keep this up, we're going to be doing great. You know, they were even talking about hopefully getting to the Supercross numbers and then hopefully Supercross having a watch out because Flat Track's going to be doing so good here in a few years. Colby, on an unrelated 12, it's still Flat Track uh, topic. What do you do in the off-season? Uh, flat track, unlike a number of other um, motorcycle racing series, has what might arguably be called a little bit longer of an off-season. Do you go indoor racing at all? Is that something that you partake in? Uh, yeah. yeah, so I actually moved out to Phoenix this summer, so I'm living in Arizona now. and It just cooled off to about 80 degrees. It was 105 two weeks ago, and now it's starting to get fall time, so... I don't do too much indoor. You know, I'm able to actually ride outdoors and in the desert quite a bit, but uh, I definitely try. I'm going to go back to New York here in a few weeks and do some hair scramble racing, and I definitely don't sit on the couch. You know, I'm always on the dirt bike, and I've got a good group of people here that are always willing to take me out in the desert and show me their trails and everything, so it's, it's really fun. I spent the week in Havasu 
for the Jet Ski World Finals, and I think they need to have a race during that time. I think it would be huge. I think people would go to it. it it'd be there's a lot of people in in Lake Havasu during that that jet ski race. I think it would be super cool if somebody put put together an event there. Right, for sure. And maybe an enduro cross. Do it all in one weekend. I'd like super to have it all ticket. there. Yeah. Why, yeah, why not have a uh, motocross race too? Yeah, why not? So you're gonna go do some yeah. hair scrambling in New York. Um, I was just looking at Jake Lewis's uh, Instagram about how his brake his brake caliper broke <laughs> off. And he had his yeah, I've, d- dude. He had his. We um show up to the team ninety five compound. <laughs> this is a side story. Jake shows up in the first thing he comes pulls me to the side. He's like, "Hey, I need you to. Can you help me adjust my chain quick?" <laughs> Every time, he's uh his mechanic skills. I can safely say they're about a one out of ten. Well, I'll tell you this: the first thing I noticed and pointed he cut out off his uh, mullet though. He did cut off his mullet, but his brake line was routed on the outside of his fork, which is absolutely begging for trouble. And he, I think he was surprised that it, he didn't. I, I was surprised that he didn't know that, but I think he was surprised that he had the thing routed on wrong. Uh, yeah, we I, can we can probably get like a GoFundMe going to send him to MMI or something. <laughs> oh no! Now we're just being hurtful. Jake's a, a a good friend of mine. I've been riding with him since he was a very young kid, and I won't say he's not a good mechanic. He and I tag team dropped his uh, first real nice race bike his first 600 uh i was trying to put it on a stand for him and uh we both did it wrong and next thing you know we were both under it trying to keep it from going all the way onto the ground dude so, and you couldn't help him up with some skills i, mean, I, I after that i paid a little more attention stopped drinking so much in the i was pits. just gonna say were you were you were you working or partying at the time it was a track day so uh he was oh, he, it was not an official race event <laughs> I love it. Oh man. Uh what's the where's the hair scramble at, Colby? Uh there's one in uh Palmyra, New York, and one in Batavia, New York. Are you gonna hit two hair scrambles in one weekend? Uh two weekends. Yeah, because my parents still live back in the Finger Lakes area there, so I can go home and hang out with them for a bit. And All right. I've got a bike I left there, so yeah, it'll be good. Rich, you just gonna fly with your gear bag. Uh yeah, hopefully. That's the plan. Awesome. Well that's cool, man. We're we're uh we're stoked for you. So next year, what's your program look like? Yeah, next year I'm going to finally move up to the Twins class. You know, I kind of wanted to wait as long as I could. I wanted to try and repeat my title, but I just had so much, you know, bad luck that either I brought upon or just bad luck in general that kind of held me back from that. But, I, you know, I was able to win some races. So next year I'm planning on moving up to the AFT Twins class to ride a Yamaha DT, uh, MT-07, excuse me, all year and yeah i'm really excited for that you know it's a big step and obviously the guys the pace in the twins class is so much faster and so much more aggressive so i've got a bit to learn but you know i'm already getting started working on testing and everything so i I hopefully at daytona i'm ready and i think uh, of all the races that you guys are going to uh um depending on how your testing goes colby maybe you'll disagree but Daytona is probably the place, uh, if you don't have a totally proven package, where you can at least still ride with the guys. Uh, you know, certainly the recently everyone agrees dominant Indian was n- less than so dominant at Daytona. Yeah, Daytona is definitely like that one place where you can go to not 100% ready, just kind of wing it. And I definitely, that's one of the tracks that I feel really good at. I think I qualified there second this year, and I was on my way to, you know, I think I was, I, 
felt good to, for a podium for sure, but a race went until I threw myself down and broke my shoulder. Yeah, you got to be only guy you, Only guy we know that uh, laughs about that. <laughs> oh, I broke my shoulder. <laughs> oh, well. That is you not gotta, the... You got to laugh about it. Yeah, you do, because it hurts so much. Did you watch the Motocross of Nations? I tried to catch it here and there when I could. I love watching mud races. Yeah, and if you ask the uh, the boys from France, Italy, Belgium, the Netherlands, all them, all those guys, they're they're like what mud? There's no there's no mud here. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they no, they were flying. Yeah, they were. It clear was clear that uh, that's well within their comfort zone. Yeah, it's pretty amazing to me. You know, I just watched the. The first moto of the day on Sunday, uh, Prado, he led for, I don't know if he won it, I had to leave, but he led no. for a good majority of it on that 250. Yeah. That was amazing to me that that 250 was able to, you know, push through the mud better than the 450s. Well, I think it was just the way he was riding it, and he had enough of a gap on those guys behind him, and they didn't have a good start. But, yeah, it's, I mean, and considering that uh, Hurlings went down in the first turn pile up, came all the way back to third i mean yeah we definitely uh there's there's uh if, if there was super cross nations i think we'd have a little different story but uh fortunately it wasn't right. colby carlisle's been our guest colby who do you want to thank before we uh send you off into the sunset of phoenix arizona yeah, exactly. I got to go get those tacos. Um, I'd like to thank my team, you know, Essenson Racing, for keeping me on board for another few years, giving me an opportunity to go learn the Twins class, and uh, just all my other sponsors that are sticking with me through this. It's going to be a great learning experience, and I'm very excited for the future. All right, Colby Carlisle, good job. We appreciate it. Thanks for having me on tonight, guys. Okay, we're going to take a break. We'll be back with a little open conversation. We're going to talk about MotoGP in Thailand. Uh, World Superbike Race coming up in Argentina. So much more to go. Stay tuned. This is Pit Pass. Sports stars. They're like superheroes. But they're actually real. Which is why we've made a podcast about them. You see... They've all got a story. But too many of these stories were cut short. Kobe Bryant. Payne Stewart. Flo jo, Phil Hughes. Justin Fashionew. We're writing episodes about all of them. And sadly, many more. Death of a Sports Star, a new series from Crowd Network.